You're listening to the Violence Design Lab Podcast, Episode 4. Welcome to the Violence Design Lab Podcast, putting the science in theatrical violence. Now here's your host, David Bareford. Hello there, David Bareford back again. Thanks for listening. This episode is for my brothers and sisters who study some flavor of HEMA. And for my listeners who don't, HEMA is short for Historical European Martial Arts. Now, HEMA is a catch-all term for a very broad field. There's people who study English catch wrestling, side sword and buckler, long sword, rapier, small sword, military saber, and a dozen more, with a dozen historical masters of each style, and HEMA practitioners can be found around the world. So... Because of that level of diversity, it's nearly impossible, or at least dangerous, to make blanket generalizations about people in the field. But there seems to be a few commonalities. They, they take both the fighting and the scholarship behind it very seriously. They train relentlessly, often several times a week. And if they want to enjoy a play or a movie with sword fighting, they have to disconnect their reality filter every time an actor draws a sword. Let me see if this sounds like your theater or film experience. Draw your rapier? That's just a competition epee, buddy. Don't bring a car antenna to a sword fight. Hey, if you stand in measure and swing wildly in false time again, I'm going to jump up there and take out your hands myself. Oh yeah, good thing that second guy just stood there politely while you did the little spinny thing on his friend. If you've ever said those kind of things, I feel your pain. Like you, I've cringed at some of the fights I've seen on stage, the ones that I suppose are entertaining, but they're absolutely ludicrous from a historical fighting perspective. I understand how frustrating it is to see actors performing novice-level choreographic rubbish, yet trying to pass it off as a serious fight between skilled swordsmen. I mean, it's complete crap. You know it's crap, but... Choreographers keep churning it out on stage, they're teaching it in their workshop, and letting audiences think this is what sword fighting looks like. And it seems all your efforts to change the system are ignored. I get you, believe me. I've been in collegiate and professional theater for 30 years now, designing theatrical violence, well, stage fighting, for 25. I mean, and I hate most of the sword fights I see on stage, in film, or on YouTube. They're awful. I agree with you 100%. So what we have in common is a story problem. What we know about real-world fighting conflicts with almost everything we're seeing on the stage, and it ruins the story for us. It's like doing a play about 1930s gangsters and then dressing everyone in tie-dye and bell-bottoms. It completely breaks reality. It's hard to watch. See, I faced the same problem about 20 years ago. I... Back in the early 90s, I trained in what you might call mainstream or traditional stage combat, unarmed, quarterstaff, rapier, small sword, and what I called broadsword back then. I became pretty proficient, and I started you know, designing fight choreography for theater. And I was satisfied with the standard fighting techniques that I'd been taught for, for several years. But then I moved to Chicago. And I started working in professional theaters there with some amazing actors who were doing some of the most intense, realistic work I'd ever seen. And I started to notice, specifically with unarmed fights, that the choreography that I and my colleagues were putting on stage seemed actually less intense 
than the rest of the scene, and completely false and artificial by comparison to the other work the actors were doing. The, I mean, the standard unarmed stage combat style, it, it bore little resemblance to actual physical violence. The training for that kind of stage combat, it kind of lives in its own little bubble, and it rarely, if ever, refers back to real-world examples to check if what it is modeling is actually a real thing. So, in collaboration with my uh, my fellow artist, uh, Richard Gilbert, I started studying real fights more than I ever had before. Not just boxing or martial arts tournaments, but street fights, schoolyard fights, police arrests uh, that got physical, you know, everything we could get our hands on. And we we analyzed our standardized stage combat techniques that we had learned and used for years, and then we broke them down and put them back together again to devise new techniques that were based on solid principles of safety and theatrical illusion, but which told a much more believable story. Now, my swordplay, though, remained basically static, because the stage combat techniques I had learned for swords were the best information available for what sword fights in history might have looked like. After all, it's not like I could just pull up videos on people actually trying to kill each other with swords. And so the only other models for sword fights and at the time were sport fencing or, or kendo. And even theater people are savvy enough to know that both of those sports, they're fun, but they're vastly removed from any kind of historical reality. So you have to remember that I'm old. And even though sword fighting manuals and treatises have been around since the printing press and, and before, the popular study of HEMA honestly is a young pursuit. It, and it wasn't passed down generationally like many Eastern fighting styles. It's, it's even a fraction of the hundred or year or so age of Hollywood swashbuckling. So all of these, these great treatises from, you know, Capoferro and George Silver and, and, and Fiore and all these, they, they had been around but effectively out of the public consciousness for hundreds of years. It really took the advent of the internet and new translations of the old masters to set the stage for this explosion of scholarship and practical study of the historic fighting styles that we enjoy now. So it wasn't until about eight or nine years ago before I was introduced to Fiore de la Berry, and he blew my mind. You see, when I first trained back in the Stone Age, they, they handed me a four and a half pound steel bar with a hilt, called it a broadsword, and told me that knightly combat of old was like swinging a sharpened baseball bat. But Fiore's 600-year-old book, The Flower of Battle, it, it rocked my world. I was like, this, this is amazing stuff. And I started digging into other masters, uh, Capoferro, Lichtenauer, Angelo, all who told me, you know nothing, Jon Snow. I had to relearn everything all over again, 15 years after I picked up a sword. So after I started studying this and getting really jazzed about all this new potential, I went back to other stage combat choreographers. I was all excited and anxious to try it out. And one after another, they told me that, eh, those techniques are interesting, but it's impossible to choreograph theatrical fights using historical methods. I mean, the historical methods were meant to kill people, so they, they can't be used safely on stage, right? Oh, and not only that, but the fights wouldn't be dramatically satisfying because they'd be so short. I mean, af after all, every move in those historic treatises ends with a wound or a kill, right? Now, before you vilify those ridiculous stage combat people, when I went back to HEMA folks about staging historic styles, 
I got largely the same responses, sometimes like word for word, plus an, an admonition that well, actors are going to have to train for several years before they'd ever be good enough to attempt it. So they also said I couldn't choreograph HEMA-style fights. But here's the thing. You, you may have noticed in this podcast and my website that I don't style myself as a fight choreographer. I call myself a theatrical violence designer, not just because it sounds pretentious, although admittedly that, that is a perk, but, but because if there's some bit of fighting I want to recreate or a physical conflict that I want to show and I don't have a technique for it in my grab bag, I design a new one because that's the violence designer's job. Figure out how to take something that is dangerous in the real world and translate it to a choreographed physical sequence that keeps the actor safe, looks like what it's supposed to look like, and tells the right story. You see, the principles for putting historical sword techniques on stage, they're no different than staging a punch to the face, or a knife stab, or a gunshot, or a choke. I mean, those other examples are also dangerous in the real world. Any of them can also end a fight in one move. The difference is that the techniques for staging those latter examples, they were figured out decades ago by other people, and we get to enjoy the fruits of their labor. Because it does take work to translate new moves. In the case of HEMA-style fighting, it not only takes knowledge of the historical techniques, but it also requires the application of a fair amount of stage combat principles in order to find a way to reproduce the look of the move while removing the danger from the equation, and make it possible to do by unarmored actors whose first exposure to a longsword may have been four weeks ago at your first rehearsal. But the good news is, I am not the only voice crying out in the wilderness about the need for us to do this, to change the industry. And I'm certainly not the only designer to stage historical techniques. Jeff Richardson out here in Portland's Academy of Dwellatoria, Stephen Fick down in California, Rob DeHoff in Kentucky, Victor Bayona in Chicago, John Buckeridge across the pond with Parable Arts, and, and many others I haven't listed. They all, to one degree or another, translated historical techniques for the stage and screen. Screen. But I know how resistant the mainstream stage community has been to this kind of sea change. I mean, the reactions I've got from doing it have ranged from labeling me a cowboy or downright unsafe for attempting it to a kind of, huh, yeah, that's an interesting curiosity when I demonstrate how it can be done safely and effectively. And then they go right back to their standard eight parries and broadsword fighting that looks like two guys whacking sticks together. I mean, I beat my head against the monolithic system for years, too. So I am officially shifting my focus. I'm going to stop trying to convince the old guard stage combat folks to adopt historical styles. Besides, I don't claim to be any kind of advanced HEMA scholar or master. Enthusiast? Sure. But most of you folks out there could own me in a bout. Do I study? Yeah, lots. But toward a different goal than a regular practitioner. But what I do know is theater and theatrical violence, 30 years worth, hundreds of productions. I feel like I've earned my gray beard in that area. So if the theater community doesn't want to change from within, well then, let's stage a revolution and change it. 
that's come in from the outside. So I'm calling on all you HEMA scholars out there to stop grumbling in your masks about unrealistic sword work on stage and film and start doing something to change it. Because you, ladies and gentlemen, you have the skills that the entertainment industry needs, whether they know it or not. That's the reason I set up the Violence Design Lab. I want to work with you to reinvent stage combat as we know it. And I'm offering my theater expertise and my affinity for HEMA to help guide you into theatrical violence design. Now, there are a lot of challenges if we're going to pull this off. I get that. Remember at the top of the episode when I, uh, when I was said this is going to be a call to all my brothers and sisters? Yeah, I need your help, and this is why. I want to know what is stopping you from designing theatrical fights. This podcast is all about training the next generation of violence designers, and I want to start addressing your specific concerns. Now, I know perhaps uh, many of you, maybe a vast majority of you, have no desire to get into theater, and that's just fine. Keep, Keep studying and expanding the art. We need you. That's how we got this far in such a short time. But for those of you who do have an interest in theater or film, do me a favor. Hit my website, violencedesignlab.com, and answer the one-question survey that'll pop up. What's the question? Just shout out your biggest obstacle or your biggest concern that gets in your way when it comes to designing historical fighting styles for the theater. Or shoot me a list if you have a bunch. It's an open-ended question. You can also email me directly at uh, madscientist at violencedesignlab.com. Just let me have it. Tell me why this can't work, and then let's figure out a way that it can. So this is a shorter episode than most, but I just wanted to let you know to be on the lookout for more stuff from the Design Lab to help you extend or start or consider your foray into theatrical violence. This weekly podcast is going to be full of information, and uh, I'm going to have some webinars and other online uh, content coming up later on. Yeah, and you can always check the website for the latest information, freebies, and other resources. So if you found this information useful, please take a minute right now and review the information uh, and podcasts on iTunes and give it a five-star rating if you can. That moves my feet up the rankings and helps other people find me. And the more HEMA people or theater people you know that you can talk about this website and podcast to, that would be fantastic. If you need to leave me a comment, you can do it uh, on the website at the Ask David link on the menu bar. I also have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash violence lab. And uh, thanks for joining me, and I look forward to talking to you next week. Until then, keep the fights on stage and peace in your life. David, out. Thanks for listening to the Violence Design Lab podcast. For more tips, tutorials, and downloadable resources, visit us at violencedesignlab.com. 